0: Our guest is Dr. Uh, Owuswe Akoto, the Honourable. A couple of things you may not know about him. So he did his bachelor's in agriculture. He also has an MSc and a PhD in agri-economics. This is from Cambridge, of all places. He worked as an economist, senior economist, principal economist, and chief economic advisor of a period of 18 years at the International Coffee Organization in London. He's also worked as a consultant to the World Bank and the... United Nations on soft commodities. So we're talking cocoa, coffee, and sugar, and this was over a period of over 22 years, or over 12 years, 95 to 2007 as well. And then, of course, in 2008, he entered Parliament, where he spent two terms, MP for Kwadaso, a place Kojou is very familiar with, Kwadaso in Ashanti, and he was MP for two terms. He was also deputy ranking member, and subsequently the substantive ranking member for the Committee on Food, Agriculture, and Cocoa Affairs. And he was appointed Minister of Agriculture in 2017. He introduced the Planting for Food and Jobs, which was seen as a flagship program. And he was maintained because in 2021, it was one of the first names on the list of ministers to be maintained. And uh, he is here with us. I need to also say that as I traveled around the country last week from Accra to cape coast to atuabo to sunyain through mem Goso Kenyasi went all the way through to wenchi and then i drove through bamboy got to Boli, turned on the fufusu solar road hit solar entered up in tamale went to all the way to boga and paga i couldn't help but notice his posters around as well so he's quite visible in the country as well and we'll be talking to him. I'm here with Kojo as well. And for those of you watching on television, thank you for joining us. Honorable doctor, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm doing extremely well. Amazing. How is the sector that you oversee? Se- sector is bubbling with life. <laughs> <laughs> how do you assess that? Uh, how do you get to know what's going on? Do you have like um, daily reports? Is it the, your field workers? Because se- your sector is such a huge sector. So how do you keep a pulse on the agri-sector? We have a lot of workers around the country. Mm
1: -hmm. At the headquarters, we have 13 directories. Mm -hmm. Then in the regions, we have the directories, the regional directories. Every district has a district director of agriculture. Mm -hmm. Under him, there are loads of extension officers who are working Shoulders to shoulder with the farmers on the application of modern technology. So it's a it's, uh, Hydra-like arrangement where we are everywhere in this country. Mm. Some of the workers, apart from those working with the farmers, are also collecting data on the major markets on prices, wholesale prices, of food uh, stuff. And all that. In addition to that, of course, the ministry is a service ministry for the great cocoa industry in this country. So we have a lot on our hands. Mm. And we don't just sit in the office. We are out in the field most of the time. Myself, a part of the are which are coming from the field through the direct district, the regional, to headquarters. Uh, we also do, of course, uh, the policy uh, from the headquarters. We have a close relationship with the Ministry of Local Government because the District Chief Executives and the District Assemblies are very major stakeholders in the agriculture space. We also have very close links with the Ministry of Trade and Industry because of agro-processing and all that. So, mm. it's uh, a heavily loaded ministry. It's if a huge undertaking. If, if you are a lazy man, you don't go there.
0: So, okay. what... what, what? was the objective that you set for yourself when you were appointed in 2017 <coughs> because you've been repeated so for the past five years i think what is the your objective is very clear mm-hmm. you see i
1: sat in parliament in opposition mm-hmm. watching the ndc manage the agricultural sector mm-hmm. and if you may recall i wasn't quiet about the disappointment i felt about the way mm-hmm. they were handling agriculture because agriculture was going down Mm-hmm. The rate of growth was going down, amounts of money allocated in the budgets were going down, uh, yields, oh, everything, you know. So uh, before then, of course, I myself, am a farmer. I have, I mean, people don't know, but I'm a, one of the biggest farmers in Ghana, very quietly uh, working away on my plantations and all that. So I have first-hand knowledge, and of course, the area that academically I've been involved in, is agriculture. So my career, everything is, is agriculture. So it was a big lesson for me like going to school, sitting in Parliament in charge of agriculture for the opposition and I knew exactly what I would do if I, God gave the chance to me and he did. The president appointed me to the position and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do was to focus on smallholder agriculture smallholders who up to now produce about 90 percent of total agricultural output Mm
0: -hmm.
1: help them to increase their productivity because their productivity was one of the lowest in in the world in fact even by west african standards our yields were very low and all that Mm -hmm. so hence the planting for food and jobs which i brought on the scene even before I saw my oath in parliament, I'd announced it at on at a New Year school in, t- in 2017. So I knew exactly where I wanted to go. And I've been on that road since in the last five years. How do you assess that program Your program has been extremely successful. Extremely? Yes. It's changed, first yeah. of all, psychologically. It's changed the attitude of people of Ghana towards agriculture. Mm. It's demonstrated that... If you are an individual, you have money, you go into agriculture, you can make more money. Mm -hmm. It it says that if agriculture is your lifeline, it's not just you feeding yourself, but you can make surplus money to take care of your family, to make them comfortable and all that. So the youth and a lot of uh, now business people, middle class people are, are now going into agriculture. And I think with that, I've achieved my objective of demonstrating that it's not just villagers or illiterates who do it but that it is something for the future of this country so if you look at the modules that have produced in the, the five modules it takes care of everything the tree crop uh, module where we are trying to diversify from cocoa to other tree crops to give us a lot of foreign exchange uh, the food security uh, we're talking about grains uh, and, and so on, increasing yields and production. We're talking about livestock, which is raring for food and jobs. We're talking about mechanization, <laughs> vegetables, uh, greenhouses. All these are all part of the components of what we call planting for food and jobs. And in each of the areas, I'm very happy with the success that...
0: Is your success... Sus- are you saying it was successful and it still is? Because if you ask some people about the state of agriculture now, they would say that things have gone south. If you look, for example, food inflation over the past year, if the objective of planting for food and jobs for food security, of which food availability, food access, is one of it, then you could say that if you look at the recent trend in food prices, that's a serious dent on the claim that PSG has been extremely successful. It it is not.
1: Let, Let me explain to you.
0: See, food is
1: bulky. High transportation Mm cost. So, if anything happens on the world market to oil prices, you have a hit on food prices. If anything happens to major chemical inputs on on on, for for, uh, farming, uh, fertilizers and so on, you have a hit. But these are not just for specifically for food. It's for everything. So, like, in, in America, for the first time, you have inflation hitting 7.3%. In Ghana, you, we announced last week, or so, said the uh, Ministry of Finance, that we have a situation where inflation is gone back to 15.7%. And it's not only in Ghana. Nigeria, Cote d'Ivoire, everywhere. So it's a global phenomenon. That doesn't mean that our, our programs are not successful. Farmers have demonstrated that if you give them the little help, they'll run with it. And that uh, vitality is very much with us. And it's actually increasing. I mean, people, the kind of uh, inquiries that we are getting at the ministry now, you'll be amazed from all kinds of angles, from those abroad, uh, those uh, local people, those in the other businesses and so on all are flocking into agriculture because they, they've seen that with what we have done is opening up huge opportunities. And not only that, you see, we put it on a certain level and that level is sustainable only if we we concentrate on the value chain and otherwise turning the raw material the farmers are producing into industrial products packaging and all those things branding and all those things to try and get additional Mm -hmm. value
0: okay so let's press let's press this a bit i get your point when you say even from a psychological point the way people feel about farming has changed i'll give you that Mm -hmm. you're also talking about productivity and yields yes i cannot argue with that Mm -hmm. but there are a couple of other points people raise when we talk about the objectives of a big policy like PFJ when Mm -hmm. you look at the amount of input so let me give you like three Mm -hmm. so on the inflation point I wasn't just saying right now if you look at inflation time series for say the past two and a half years Mm -hmm. food inflation has trended upwards it came down early 2021 and started trending up very very fast Mm -hmm. now it's at Mm 17.4% from a low of 5.4% May last year that is point number one point number two one of the objectives of a policy like PFJ should be import substitution. Yes. So when you produce a lot more food, particularly the grains, mm-hmm. your imports of certain items should be coming down. There is a concern that rice importation is not coming down as quickly as we see and hear that rice production is going up. So the import substitution side is a second issue. Third issue, if you permit me, There was a recent study about food security and Ghana's position on the food security index when you compare 2016 to 2021 has actually fallen. Now, that cannot be the state of a country which is doing well with food production. And if you permit me, I'll actually read the excerpt of that report for you to make the point. So this is a, a recent report which was put out by... Uh, the economics intelligence unit Ghana's decline in food security index just give me two paragraphs Ghana declined from 78th position in 2016 to 82nd position in 2021 on the global food security index published by the EIU the GFSI considers the issues of food affordability availability quality and safety and it looks at 113 countries. Then they talk about what the index is. Now, in 2016, Ghana was 76. This was before you took over. 2021, last year, we went to 82. So, we can question your claim that PFG has been extremely successful in the face of these three pieces of evidence.
1: <laughs> the thing is that the studies you are quoting, I don't have access to them. I don't, I don't have it. So, I cannot really challenge what you're saying. And if I cannot challenge it, it doesn't mean that what they are saying is a reflection of reality on the ground. There's no organization in the world that has more observers in the field than Ministry of Food and Agriculture. If we are quoting from the Ministry of Food and Agriculture, then I will have a basis on where to challenge you. But you see, this is being very selective. They're talking about a whole sector of the economy huge sector of the economy if you choose and pick specific areas and say oh this person has done this study and i don't even know the basis of that study and you expect me to comment i cannot comment all what i know is the data coming into me from my my people in the field and i'm saying that on the basis of data from the ministry of food and agriculture this agricultural economy is doing very well
0: but I also give you food inflation figures which is from the statistical yeah, service this, this, so that's not from
1: no that, that one I'm saying that there are factors you're talking about food prices in the markets not at the farm gate if you're talking about food prices at the farm gate then it's a different situation cost of production is a major determinant of prices at the farm gate Transport is a major determination, determinant of prices in the uh, markets, in the retail uh, areas mm-hmm. and wholesale areas. And those have admitted that we don't have any control. Last year, in January, we had a situation where the world price of oil was $50. It went as high as $131 and it's just come down to around $100. We have no control. Fertilizer prices, urea, was three hundred and fifty dollars per yeah. metric ton landed at the port of Tema only eighteen months ago. It went as high as thousand two hundred. Now I don't know if I don't even know where it is where the uh, what is happening in Ukraine. So these are factors that are beyond us. But it doesn't mean that because the prices have gone up, farmers have given up on the use of them of these uh, items. The essence of subsidizing fertilizer and seed was a very demonstrative that the farmers were encouraged to apply these technical impulse and that they will see a change in their lifestyle in their lives in terms of the productivity high production and so on using what i call the same sweat that
0: So let me get this straight is the pfj focused purely on production should it not include the storage for example so that if you have an excess of say maize You would have silos to keep them so that when there is a lean season or when something happens, there will still be grains available. Or is it just a production-based policy?
1: It's production-based. First of all, to increase productivity on farm because Ghana has one of the lowest yields on earth. And that we've managed to achieve. Before we came, on average ghanian farmers were applying eight kilograms of fertilizer per hectare hectare yes okay eight kilograms per hectare the world average is 130. okay you go to china it's 300 kilograms per hectare the aqua's average target is 50 kilograms per hectare the ghanian was doing only eight we've managed through planting for food and jobs to increase it to 25 as we speak which is still only half of the ECOWAS heads of state average of 207. So we still have a long way to go. In addition to that, improved seeds application 2017, we were able to distribute only 4,400 improved uh, grain seeds to farmers. Last year, we did nearly 40,000 metric tons. I mean, you cannot tell me that you infuse such huge amounts of resources into farming and you you get nothing. And then somebody says in London at the Internet, uh, economic intelligence unit oh, so, uh, failed? No.
0: No, but he's talking about food security <laughs> yeah, as a holistic concept, not just yeah, yeah, increasing but, production in a year or two.
1: No, no, but there's that, a point I'm making to you, that all this has been financed by the Ghanaian taxpayer, you and me, to subsidize the farmer, to encourage him to apply fertilizer and improve seed. And the results have been fantastic. Which is why
0: the results should be sustainable.
1: Yes, of course it is sustainable. But we are just beginning the journey. As I told you, we've from 8 kilograms per hectare of fertilizer, we have now 25 kilograms per hectare. It's only, in the 25, is only half of what the ECOWAS target of 50. So we are very far away from the end of the journey.
0: Yeah, but the question is that is, I understand the input side of the equation. You're increasing fertilizer. You want to improve yields. Yeah. But I'm still going back to what is the objective of the policy? The policy's objective is not just to increase the production. No, no. But to make food available and affordable. Absolutely. So, was the policy... Did the policy contemplate on it's, silos and it's, storage?
1: It's the policy, not was. So, yes. So, 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 it so, did the, 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 the
0: policy contemplate those? Because of if Of course
1: it, we did. At the moment, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've built 80... One thousand metric ton warehouses around the country. Okay, when we came in, the total amount of fertilizer of, of warehouse space at the ministry was only thirty-four thousand metric tons. We managed to convince our colleagues in, in cabinet to let us build eighty warehouses, eighty thousand. They just last year, little last year, been handed over to me, eighty thousand.
0: 1000 unit warehouses around the country. For storage so, of what? Of course, for storage for grains. So do you know how much re- gra- maize, for example, we have in stock? No, 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 no we,
1: haven't, we haven't gotten there. This is what I'm saying. But, but if we've produced no, no, and we have there, wait, 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 where are we gotten to? Then let me explain to you. Let's, let's, let's take our time. Let me explain to you. I told you we've just been we just taken over mm-hmm. the, these warehouses. Okay. And I can take you around the country to see for yourself exactly what I'm talking about. So, very much we had in mind infrastructure as part of the management of the surpluses coming. We anticipated that. That's why we were able to build in four years, eighty one thousand metric ton units. It's now the time to manage the, the these warehouses. So we are now in the process of going to cabinet for the creation of the Grains Development Authority. So you need to have an, uh, an institution to manage these things. You cannot just leave it to individuals. So the Grain Development Authority is now going to take over these warehouses to manage in terms of buying surpluses during the harvesting season, store them and release them to stakeholders in the dry season when uh, uh, food So resources. fair enough, I, I
0: have not... I'm not a farmer, so if, if my question is wrong, forgive me. But if you know you're going to increase yields of maize, as an example, mm-hmm. should you not make the storage capacity ready so that once the no, you have a can. bumper harvest of maize, you store it? Because I'm asking because in the past three months, poultry farmers have been complaining about lack of maize. And previously, we had no, no, a, we I have
1: have maize. are complaining about the price of maize. No, no some lack. say they don't get maize. No, no. But oh, well,
0: well <laughs> <over> the, I, <laughs> so I can we even play on for you. How many of them? Oh, I mean, have, the Greater Accra, Water Farmers Association. No, no, no. Different groups have <laughs> called us and said they <laughs> don't have access. This was even no, Access customers. to maize. They said they, 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 they couldn't get maize. I'm,
1: I'm amazed.
0: So there are if two they came issues. we we'll so the, them where to go. So there were two things. There was feed complaints. And then there was maize and yes there was also complaint about maize prices but my question is that if you had a bumper harvest in the previous year of maize should is that not where the issue of strategic stock comes in so that when there's a challenge with production another year there will be enough maize to go around please rome was not built
1: in a day these are things and resources are limited in management we call, we have something we call priorities the first thing you're going to build the warehouses, and you don't have production. What, are, what is the use of it? So you have to focus on getting farmers to produce more. And once that is working, you turn your attention to the infrastructure. This is precisely what we are doing.
0: It makes a lot of sense. But the production is vacillating. So if you produce more this year, next year you may lose. No, so no, if no, you don't know no, what you're you collecting, no,
1: no, I'm not. You may lose. Please don't let no, But I'm saying that. Uh, the let's, po- let's uh, no, no, no problem. No, no, the evi- no, let's let's yeah, focus on, the, on the, the reality. Don't speculate by saying. I'm saying that. This year you may lose. The, this the, is not the, the, the evidence process.
0: of what the poultry farmers <laughs> have been saying for the past year suggests that either there wasn't enough maize or they couldn't afford it. That is a fact. They
1: can't afford it.
0: For their feed. That's why the poultry farmers are saying they don't have access to feed. No, they don't they, have access to
1: maize. If they say they don't have access to maize, I will challenge them. Feed and maize are. Uh, of course, I do. It's yes. a component. Yes maize is a component of feed. maize and soya plus some additives mm-hmm. make up feed mm. so let's get it clear and no, let's make no it no clear. we know <laughs> no if you know you wouldn't say maize and feed Be- because it was I both same, it,
0: it was both I, I maybe you want
2: me to read the question. i think so you bernard, what, what, bernard, what bernard is trying to say <laughs> is that um like 2018 from the ministry's research department We produce six hundred and thirty-seven thousand metric tons of maize in the country, and then fast forward.
1: No, 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 no. Please,
2: please. Ghana has uh, the highest before
1: we came into office. Maize production in Ghana was one point highest was one point eight million metric tons. um, We've increased that to three point one million tons by 2021. By 2020. Oh, no, so it's not uh, six hundred thousand. This
2: Please. this is the document I'm reading from the ministry. I was just trying to build from that ministry of food and agriculture operational performance, 2017-2018 yes. PFG. So I was trying to build on that. And, and, and the I, total production is what, or um, is what? According to this, um, it's never six hundred and thirty. Then 630. then maybe whoever put the data there put it wrongly, <laughs> um, because this is table four, area cultivated and output. And under maize, area cultivated 2018 was 218,000 hectares for output of 637,000 metric tons. I know that around 2020, you said that we're not importing maize because we're producing more maize than we needed. And then in the poultry feed space, we need soya, we need maize. Now, um, what is the current production based on the requirement of the market? You you get Uh, my point. No,
1: I think you are being too technical here. Okay, You are asking me uh, statistics. I mean, I cannot sit here and give you specifics. But if you say that Ghana's total production of maize is 600 and something thousand, I would challenge you to
2: that. It's not true.
1: I'm not saying now. I'm saying in
2: 2018. No, no. It was 637 according to this MOFA document Then
1: then it's a wrong document. You can take it from me. No, no. (laughs) Okay, let me read it. I mean, I've been in this this business for
0: decades. You know, he is quoting, you know, I think for me, I don't even want us to split us over this. (laughs) There are different sources of data. The, The point we are raising about me is, let me read this story to you. This story was just last year. The Ghana Poultry Farmers Association, this is July 13, 2021. The Ghana Poultry Farmers Association fears Ghana's poultry industry risk collapse if government fails to swiftly deal with recent challenges of feed for poultry. This comes as poultry farmers across the country currently are faced with scarcity and high cost of maize and other ingredients needed in their industry. Speaking to City Business News on the development, President of the Greater Accra Poultry Farmers Association, Michael Nyakwampim, said there is a looming danger if the challenges are not addressed. We do not have the cereals such as maize, soya, and wheat bran available to work, so we are having imminent shutdowns. And we are seeing, and what we are seeing is there's a looming total shutdown. We want to avert this because Gafa alone has about 1,775 farmers, and we cannot have a situation where people whose businesses are just poultry farming would have their businesses collapse. So this is the, the information. So was the, 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 the this, was,
1: this statement was when.
0: This is July 2021, so last year.
1: Okay, so the industry has collapsed by now. I mean, these are. These you see, we are in a very comfortable situation. Before 2017, mm-hmm. we were importing food into this country, even plantain from Cote d'Ivoire. Mm. Okay? Now, we are not talking about human consumption of food. We are talking about for animals. We have so much surplus Now, we are talking about animal uh, uh, food. So it, it really shows you, and I'm saying that we have statistics to show the amount of food that we are exporting to neighboring countries that has been going up. If we didn't have a surplus, how could we be selling food to our neighbors? That's the question. So if somebody comes in and talks about animal sector production of uh, feed, I accept. In 2020, we, have, we were hit by a massive drought in the forest belt of Ghana, which reduced production of maize and other grains. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And for the first time, every four or five years, we, we have this hit. You go back 50 years, every four or five years, there's a drought. So we've been lucky. we were lucky from 2017 till 2020 when this drought happened. But it was ameliorated by the increased production of planting for food and jobs in the Savannah region. And of course, if you have a sudden drop in, in production, it has to affect prices and, and, and the availability on the market. That is what the farmers were talking about. So it does not affect the body of the policy that we are pursuing. And so it's just picking here and picking there. You lose sight of the overall policy objective that we are following, which is, to transform agriculture in Ghana, and the efforts that this government have made, the amount of resources, money that the taxpayers' money we spent mm. in pursuing that, and the output, is very commendable. And everybody who is in this area of agriculture, both international, on the continental, yeah. regional, ecowas acknowledges that Ghana has done exceptionally we, well. And I, I
0: want to point out that we are not questioning the input into the sector or the effort. No, the performance. I think a, lo- a lot of what people are raising, some of the reports I'm reading are talking about the outcomes, yeah. whether that it, it's commensurate with the level of input.
1: Oh, of course. So I if mean, you're putting can, the fertilizer also, and all these things. I can also give you evidence. I can show you for 24 hours, people in the field who are really commending us for what we are doing, okay? I get so, that. Yeah. But, but so I'm saying, saying that... No, stay on the No, negative no, no, no. Say, oh, these no but people I'm, are saying I'm just making a general nitpick, point that... And nitpick and say, oh, the, the, these people are quotation no. from this... And no, that, but you see, when... when no, I, but but I, I, think can think I can but, also, also give But give when you. I
0: quote um, an EIU report on food security, of which you know what food security is, which is a component, it has many components, and you say, because you've not seen the report, you cannot comment on it. Of course Obviously, food security has an objective of a, an important policy like pfj should be of concern to you i
1: am not saying it's not of concern i'm challenging the basis of that conclusion that he's drawing that ghana's food security has gone down
0: Do you question wouldn't... the food security index in 2016 because this is an index that is used no, no, widely? You...
1: what i'm saying is that i am the minister for food and agriculture i'm in charge of all the da- data generated in this country and all the data, they come to my office. Mm-hmm. We do the analysis. We are not getting the picture that you are trying to paint with this EIU uh, uh, study. Well, it's
0: not just EIU. No, no. But we, will, we have, let me read more for you. If you think I'm just... I, I so let me give you quote, more. Just a few I more. I can also
1: quote a lot of <laughs> a World Bank. I can quote Commonwealth. I can quote ECOAS. It would uh, be nice to hear you quote them. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not here to do that. Because I'm they are sorry, because, I mean, you know, not, because you said if, if, no, if, sorry, if because no, no, say, no, uh, because
0: a Greek has so many people interested. You already said that there are different people looking at the sector, yeah. so it's understandable where GAU, uh, different groups, food security, Ghana, they are all commenting on the sector. If and, those and comments then, are um, negative, other, uh, there are other institutions also commenting on the sector that you
1: are not quoting. That's the point I'm making to you. Then tell me, then I'll I, me. I I'm not here. I, 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 I'm really No, no, I'm not here to to teach you. No, but you said. Say, but, about no, but you're you saying, are
0: talking about the negative. No problem. No, you no, it's because your premise is that <laughs> the the the, the PFG has been extremely successful. Yes. And, and we have
2: produced enough food for humans and we are even getting some for animals. Yes. And yes. not only that, we are, we, are we, exporting. Are, we
1: are exporting to our neighbours.
2: That, that's the premise why I asked our food needs and our production, so that we will get a sense of the excesses we are exporting. For example, over the past two years, we've had comments from senior high schools of food shortages within the senior high school. No, that's a management and the, problem. And and the that, food they eat no, is no, practically no, is green. No, 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 but can you let him ask the question? <laughs> no, the thing is No, not. but you can't... You <laughs>
0: see, if a man doesn't land with his question, you, your answer in the middle does not help because you don't know no, where he's no, going no, with no, the that's question.
1: that's a management problem. The school feeding program is not... Really no, but it's
0: all related. <laughs> if, for example, we have enough food and yet the buffer stock system isn't able to manage the food supply to schools, again, it's it impinges because your job in producing the food is to make sure people have access to it. And the Greek ministry is one of the most important ministries because every industry is touched by it. So even if there are sectors within your downstream which are not managing the surplus right, it should be of concern to you. Yeah, because because when the president asks you where we are with food security, you can't just say well we produced excess rice two years ago, therefore I've done my job. You have to wait to say to him that apart from what we produce, we stored it and managed it in a way that made no, food available no, to everybody.
1: We don't have the storage until now. This why I said that we just handed over to me eighty warehouses of one thousand metric ton capacity. So I cannot say that we stored it. Where is the money for to buy to
0: store? Where were we going to store it?
1: So, so but the storage is part of your mandate. Yeah, of course. This is why we are building warehouses.
0: So, that's why we have to admit <laughs> that this, the, So, then you can't say the policy has been extremely successful because the policy know. is not just about food production. No,
1: no. But because
0: the objective of they, the policy is food security, no, no, they, not they, just no, making no, a bumper harvest in one no, year. No, no, no.
1: First of all, the food should be available. Mm hmm. And before then, the food was not available. That's why we are importing food from Côte d'Ivoire, even plantains Good. from Côte d'Ivoire. Mm-hmm. Now it's the reverse. You go to Burkina Faso, Wagadougou, Agogo. Plantain farmers have a, hired a site where they are marketing their plantain. Okay? That one, you don't talk about it.
0: Well, you are just telling me. You haven't even told me the source. oh you don't know.
1: (laughs) I have sent people there. They filmed it and everything, and it's in the papers. I I can only use
0: what is available uh, to me. No, you are selective. No, no no. no, I I reject that. I reject that
1: because otherwise, there are a lot of evidence. Because we've quoted, we've we've
0: we've, we've admitted increase in food production from the Ministry of Agric. We have conceded that rice production has increased based on official statistics. So it will not be fair for you to say we selectively use data. No,
1: no, you have because all the things that you're quoting people... I'm quoting reports. No, no, reports. But you're not quoting reports which are are, are (coughs) acknowledging that our program has been successful. That's where I have... On the the production side, that acknowledgement has been made. Supply is supply. If If the food production is not there, there can be no supply. The food production is there because we've used taxpayers' money to subsidize technological inputs for farmers to apply, and the results are showing. So let's stay on on, on that aggregated level than being quoting specific, this group is saying this, this group is saying that, and forgetting that there are other developments which are positive.
0: So just to clarify and end that segment and move forward, you are an economist as well. And you've explained some of the challenges in the value chain that can affect price. So if I, I'm, I'm coming... So what what do you think we need to do to reverse the upward trend of food inflation?
1: We have two areas that we have no control of. As mm-hmm. I, I, I told you, food in, inflation made of a cost of production on the farm, the transportation to the, the markets, mm-hmm. and the component of the Transportation is to do with oil. Ghana is a net importer of oil, so what happens on the world market, I have no control. We don't produce fertilizers in this country; we have to rely import fertilizers. So, if prices of global fertilizers go up three times, we have no control. These are elements which drive costs. So, in those areas, if you are going to judge us based on the prices at the retail, at the wholesale, then you are not being fair to us, okay, because in those areas we have no control, we don't produce these items in Ghana and they have major impact on food prices. It's rather to look at the supplies in terms of production. I'm saying that we managed to move, for instance, maize production From 1.8 million metric tons to 3.1 million this year, we're expecting if the rains are good, to go on to 3.5 and so on. So that's progress. See, that is, these are evidence that is under control. If you're saying because these prices are high, production has come down. That's a different issue. We're expecting production to go up. In spite of these significant increases in these input prices.
0: Quick question on rice. Again, rice production has increased. There's a concern that some of the mills still don't have enough rice to mill. Yes. We have more uh, milling capacity than we produce rice. What do you think is the bottleneck? No, no,
1: we don't have. It's the reverse. Our milling capacity is only 450,000 metric tons if you put all the mills together. We've done the calculations. We sat down with the millers, 450,000 metric tons. Our paddy production last year reached 1.1 1. 1 million. So we, we, have only, we have less than half of the milling capacity. for That's why the Nigerians come and take our party to go and mill and make all the money in their countries. And I'm trying to get investors to come and invest in the milling uh, capacity. Even the current milling capacity, only about 70% of the, or less is being used because the banks are refusing to give working capital to the millers. The banks have not helped us. And I I keep saying that that the commercial banks in this country have vacated agriculture. And in spite of all the life that we put into the sector, it's just sat on the sidelines watching us. And in fact, uh, we've arranged a meeting with all the commercial banks and the governor and the president himself present. To, for me to make the case to them that it's about time they came in because government has done enough of the taxpayers money and they have to come in with agricultural credit and not only Quick on question the in
0: Nigeria the central bank came up with a strategy where they made some funds available to some financial institutions to on-lend to farmers. Yes. They increased their milling capacity yes, and also Ghanian involved. Is this something we should be thinking about doing? No. Using the central bank as the driver. That's what they did.
1: Yeah, yeah, but they, we, we have the gas here in, the, in the Ghana so. of Ghana. But the amount of money to me is, is, is small. It's only 300 million Ghana cities. Okay. The Nigerians came with five billion dollars equivalent. We, we is
2: a rice farmer. Yes. He has a couple of the, questions The, the, on the rice concern rate. by rice farmers and millers and marketers is that when we produce, importers undercut the market because of the benchmark um, value-related matters, and we want that removed. Where do you stand on this?
1: Well, we, I, I, I stand with the farmers on that, and in fact, you know, we are coming up with this apart uh, from the Grains Development Authority, which is going to regulate the market for grains including rice. There's a specific executive instrument coming to say that to control the outflow of our grains to neighboring countries. We have to do that because we can't spend the taxpayers' money subsidizing production and then for neighbors who don't have any uh, uh, contribution to come and take advantage of that. So I'm very sympathetic with that with that
2: position. Mm. The uh, other challenge is also fertilizer availability for the upcoming season. Um the data um since PFJ started we increased fertilizer um 2017 440,000 metric tons back then that was the record for the year 2020 we did over all time best 600,000 metric tons 2020 it dropped because of covid and related matters now russia ukraine is also threatening fertilizer availability do we have any strategic stocks or we have any sources of fertilizer that we are going to give to farmers this year no we don't
1: have any source we rely on the private sector to import fertilizers and last year uh, we were caught on the hop in the sense that nobody uh, knew there was going to be a sudden change in the world fertilizer market So the shipments were a bit low and shortages rose, and farmers complained and all that. This year, of course, uh, it's a more organized, uh, there will be a lot of fertilizer on the market, but most of it will be on the open market. See, there are two markets, the subsidy market, the subsidy market, and the open market. At least the open market will be there for farmers to go out there, but of course it will be more expensive than the subsidized market so this year is going to be different and we've we've done the stocks the those uh, stocks on, on on high seas those are in tama kumasi tamale and we think that there will be adequate amounts but the prices what about
0: payment low. for some of the private fertilizer suppliers indeed some of them sent message and said some of us have still not been paid for 2020 supplies under PFG what's going on
1: yeah i mean that was a very unfortunate i mean uh, I think since then the ministry of finance is making up for that most of them have been paid mm. there's still a, a little matter of about 85 million uh, to sort it out completely and I know that the ministry of finance is working on those
2: Honorable I'll ask you a question that our Tumu brothers and sisters have sent Sisala is Sisala West mm. you agree with me that they are one of the two of the biggest maize producing um, districts in the country I far. Their roads are amongst the West in the country as well. Well, we'll talk to the Ministry of Transport. Minister of, of roads. Of roads, yes. You have talked or you will talk. Yeah. We'll or you talk. will keep talking.
1: We are, we are talking. No, no, but their roads have been <laughs>
2: consistently amongst the West in the country.
1: Well, I'm You've not been sure. There several I'm, times. Not, I'm not sure about the roads, the road through Tomorrow all the way to the other side. That's a yeah. very good road. If you're talking about Going off those roads. Yes. Uh, then you can talk about a bro half everywhere. I mean it's not it's not just specifically. But because of said. the
0: importance in the grains they produce, yes, for a place like Tumu, that should probably be a priority for you, shouldn't it?
1: Yes. I mean we talked to them. In
0: the roads. Let me come to Coco. <laughs> so my question about Coco is two things. Before you became minister, Koko was under finance. When you were in a position you said that you felt Coco should come under Greek And the president agreed with you and it brought Coco under Greek then you introduced the living income differential program launched i think in 2019 would you say over a year and a half and two years it has worked
1: well uh, the living income differential is meant for the farmers 400 dollars per tonne when it came we gave it all to the farmers so as far as we are concerned that objective has been achieved
0: at the multinationals cooperating
1: well, they are dragging their feet, and that is a subject for, for government to government for the trade here yeah, to bring pressure to bear on the trade to be faithful to the spirit of that agreement.
0: Again, I see you are very uh, strat- important to this president because you are one of the ministers he's not touched and you are quite close to him. Some people feel you could have been stronger in your defense of the question, could you ask in relation to the benchmark values? Because for the farmers, started speaking out, we haven't had from the trade ministry nor the agric ministry very forcefully. Is this a vexatious issue for the government? Is there division as to this benchmark value? Because obviously, your stakeholders are the farmers. And it looks like traders are another stakeholder group. In in fact, manufacturers and traders are under the trade ministry. But the farmers are in your side. Just give us a sense of the calculations around all that. Because in 2019, Vice President announced the reduction of the benchmark policy two years later finance minister says we are reversing it i get the sense there's a lot of disagreement within the government as to where we should go with that policy not at all
1: i mean this government is very united in this policy we brought the policy we see that it's not working Uh, a listening government We've listened to all sides in consultation we have decided to take a peg down and that's not the end of the story We continue to review the situation and bring it where it belongs. But they are taking other measures to make sure that the farmers are not worse off. I mean, they're talking about the fact that these subsidies that the farmers are getting, very unprecedented, it's never happened. If you take the five years, the amount of money the government has spent on the subsidies alone, is equivalent to nearly half a billion U.S. dollars. And this is by the taxpayer it's never happened. The magnitude of the support that the Kufuado government is giving to the, to these farmers is never happened in the history of this country. Even pre-colonial. So it's a major step and the transformation. I see it. I don't sit in the office all the time. I make sure that every year all the sixteen regions I visit them. I go out into the farms, I talk to the stakeholders, processes and so on. We're making fantastic progress. And I think that is something which is acknowledged by most Ghanaian farmers and stakeholders, except maybe a few. Radio, do you feel radio, there's radio, a consultation? Just
0: a, a quick question. You <laughs> said that before you were even vetted, you knew you were going to do PFJ. Yes. So when you hear people like GAU, Peasant Farmers Association, Food Sovereignty Ghana, make comments about Either the consultation for the planting for food and jobs, or they feeling that a policy is not going well, could it be that they felt uninvolved in the policy? For which reason, each time you hear them comment on the issues, you don't seem to be on the same page with them?
1: No, the thing is that in Ghana, whatever you do, you, you get people's. That, that's, that shouldn't. The vision and the drive should be there if nobody was criticizing i'll be very surprised i'll be looking for people to come and criticize so they're doing, they doing a fantastic job that does not mean that we should deviate from what we are doing but especially when you you see demonstrably that the, the policies work.: but some of
0: them are pretty interesting so you have peasant farmers association quite significant group food sovereignty ghana you could say it's a cso yeah, they're talking about, then you have general agricultural workers union these yeah, are you're,
1: you're talking about peasant farmers being a significant group How many farmers are in the Peasant Farmers Association? Well, I I mean, let's be very honest. Look, the last census of agriculture was in 2018, which I, as superintendent, first time in 37 years we've had agricultural census. Total number of households, farm households in Ghana, 3.2 million. How many of them are in the Peasant Farmers Association? Please, you know, you have to take things into perspective. People hide behind big names and pretend that they are, they are are, uh, speaking for a certain group of people. So you are in
0: touch with the farmers on the ground. So even if if, the associations claim they've not been consulted, you are working with the farmers.
1: No, but I'm saying I'm getting first-hand information to the extent that nobody in this country or anywhere in the world has the kind of information I have on Ghanaian agriculture. So if you're saying something which is relevant to what is happening to the information we are getting? Yeah, we are prepared to, but if you are so, what, you are, what is
0: your reaction to the accusation that you don't listen because you are you, because you are an agriculturist and you are an Greek economist and you are a farmer? You tend not to listen to what people like these groups say. What are they saying? Some of them say you need to reconsider the approach to PFJ, for example. I read a couple of stories well, like that. I
1: mean, we, we, who says you are not listening to that? Well, we maybe have maybe policy, they haven't heard from we you. We have a whole Directorate for policy making. So all these things come to them, and and, and we factor it into things. The fact that we don't come out and say, oh, these people said this, so we are doing it for them. We spend all your time doing that. We have to be focused. We have to follow the vision. And as I say, as far as we are concerned, the vision is you know, the point of realization. I mean, I was in Dubai two weeks ago. Come and see the number of people who came to listen to me, investors and so on, about Ghanaian agriculture, the new opportunities is coming. You'll be amazed. See, we we tend to criticise ourselves, but those outside, they really see that Ghana is really beating a path to progress in agricultural transformation in Africa. As far as Barbados and all those people, they come to us to find out what is planting for food and jobs that they can carry out. Sierra Leone, Liberia, they've been here. So, if they recognize what we are doing and our own people are saying, oh, this and that, and you are shaking, Noah, no shaking.
0: So, you are very clear that the agri-sector under your direction is headed in the right place.
1: I'm surprised by your question because I thought you would be the first to admit. No,
0: I wanted you to. No, I want you to. No, I, it's, it's, I want you to affirm based on what you've said. We'll take a short break. We'll come back and read some questions. Uh, I need to tell you that your interview has generated a lot of interest. A lot of people have sent questions. We will not be able to ask all. But there are a few questions that we'll read out. And then there are also interesting views about what you will do after this. So, as I said, as we travel around the country, we saw your posters. And it seems very clear that you are throwing your hat into the ring to be MPP flag bearer. Where where does that sit and what's going to happen? We'll deal with some of those as well. We're talking to the Minister for Agriculture, Dr. Efriye. And he's answering all our questions. Stay with us.
2: This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This
0: is still the City Breakfast Show. Today we are hosting the Minister for Agree. And uh, he is answering questions on the sector that he oversees, on the largest sectors in the country, Dr. Ife Akuto. For those of you who do not know, he is the son of the great Barfossier Akuto, who for whom the Riakuto lectures are done, himself being one of the forebears of the, uh, I think it's the NLC. NLM. NLM, National Liberation Founder Movement. And Founder and leader of the National of Liberation Movement. And he was the Asantehenist linguist. Are you also a linguist? No, no. We, we are
1: matrilineal, you know.
0: Okay. <laughs> but you're still, you are still in the court of the Asanteheni. Oh, you are yes. still in the court of the Asanteheni. Amazing stuff. Um some so, some some people think that your your close relationship with the president favors you than other people because I think he said a few times that people who aspire to be president should resign, but it doesn't seem to apply to you. Have you had that criticism before? And uh, what's your it, comment? Has on?
1: anybody resigned because of that statement?
0: No, but I think <laughs> a couple, a couple of them were not retained. I think Mr Jogate was not given a post even though he had a post in the first term. And there are reports that the trade minister may resign soon. That's what we've heard so far. Is this something you're contemplating? Because as I said, as I travel around the country, I saw your posters. So it suggests to me there's already some work going on on the ground about what possibly could happen after, at least as the MPP primaries approaches. So what's your thinking around all of that, the the, the, the flag bearership, as you also oversee this sector? I must say that
1: the assignment given to me by the President of the Republic, Nana Nanadudanko Ekufuadu, is an assignment which is of prime importance to me, and I'm focusing on that to make sure that his second term is a great success for the people of Ghana.
0: Oh... Is that all? <laughs> But you, you do admit that the government is going to do some serious economic challenges as we speak.
1: It's not only this government; all over the world, the turmoil brought about by COVID. Secondly, with this uh, Ukraine crisis, every government is suffering.
0: But we seem to be suffering more if you look not, at not our, our our debt position.
1: Well, yes, I mean the debt position is something which is worrying. I mean we borrowed quite significantly is affecting our service of the debt, with our re- revenues and all that. But uh, I'm very confident that
0: we will overcome. And our fiscals are not looking good. What do you think of the e-levy and the challenges? I know this is not in agreement, but I'm just asking because there's t- you were in Parliament before there are tight numbers in Parliament. It doesn't look as though the e-levy will be passed anytime soon and it seems to be one of the revenue strategies the government was at least proposed in the budget. Yes. Where are your thoughts around how we deal with this, the fiscal challenges we are facing as a country with the e-levy and where it is now?
1: Well, the e-levy will be passed.
0: You are confident? Oh,
1: absolutely. It will be passed and it will be good for the people of this country to bring a lot of people outside the tax net into the, into the net, which is where any modern state, nation state should be that only 12, 15, uh, 13% of Ghanaian taxpayers are paying tax is something which is totally untenable, especially even by West African standards where the average is 22, 24%. And we are doing just about half of that. We need to rein in on those who are outside the tax. You and I pay taxes. Majority of Ghanaians don't. And that's unfair. And also, at the same time, our expectation of government services uh, rising by the day. skyrocket skyrocketing. We need roads. We need this. We need that. So where is the money going to come from? It should come from ourselves. So the e-levy is breaking a cycle of a serious attempt to bring in as many taxpayers as possible. And it's a very noble uh, gesture that should be praised rather than being condemned by
0: But if you look at people. the cost of living in Ghana now, fuel prices, unprecedented levels, CD depreciating very rapidly. That is, the,
1: that is the even more reason why we should have the E-Levy because these are not we are talking about situations like fertilizers and petrol and all that which we import where we are at the mercy of the international market and if they are skyrocketing where do you expect that to come from the Ghanaian taxpayer. Yesterday, I was reading about the UK petrol prices. They've hit record levels. Although they are major exporters of oil, so if major exporters of oil are, are increasing prices at a, at a pump, we as importers, net importers of oil, what do what do you expect? We but should
0: should the brunt of all of that be felt by the end consumer? Why example, not? I mean,
1: we are, we, 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 are, we are the citizens of this country. We have to pay for it.
0: But if you look at, for example, the, the benchmark price we used in our oil projection in the budget, which is around $56, and mm-hmm. the oil is now over $100, exactly. there's a windfall in terms of what we produce. Some people think you can use that windfall to cushion so consumers.
1: Net, we are, we, are, we are a deficit. We are a net importer. Whether you export or import, we are from the same, it's the same market. So if you are uh, uh, importing more than you are exporting, how, how do you have a windfall? There's no windfall.
0: In terms of the, 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 the percentage of the oil we own.
1: Well, how, what is the percentage? It's 13%, 15%. 18%. 18%. Yeah. But I'm saying that the volumes, what you own is, uh, let's put it aside. We are trading. We are importing, we are exporting. And we are saying that at the end of the day, we are importing more than we are exporting. So, where is the win
0: Can the MPP say that proudly they are better managers of the economy? Because that was one of the things you campaigned with. The CD has just been racing to. Yes. It's, it's, it's lost. I mean, it was, it, it's lost so much value to the dollar. Indeed, it was rated the worst currency among about 25, as was compared by Bloomberg. I mean, clearly the MPP has to eat humble pie and admit that it wasn't as great as managing the economy as it made us believe.
1: Well, the thing is that COVID never came a hundred years so it happens in our time and until then we're doing but COVID affected every country so how yes. come our but, currency is the west the yes. other
0: countries that the currencies are better Didn't COVID yeah, okay but, there. But,
1: but, but the thing is that if ghanian taxpayers were paying their taxes we wouldn't go borrowing you understand so if the rest but, of the so you are blaming the <laughs> Ghanaians for not paying ta-
0: but if no, your currency is depreciated how do you blame ghanian taxpayers no, no, for all, that
1: it's all part of the equation it's all part of the equation Really? Of when, course. When,
0: when, when you were in opposition and you were telling us that if the fundamentals are weak, the, the expenses which will expose you, you didn't say it was a question of taxes. You said it was a question of economic management.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, it, but it's all part of it. I'm saying that the externalities that we are facing as a country, I mean, since the Second World War, no country has, has gone in and invaded another country in, with such uh, uh, openness and. Uh, I don't care, is attitude. The whole world is condemning Russia. They still are in Ukraine bombing civilians and all that. It's never happened. But that's not unique long. to Ghana. No, no, but no. It, it's economic implications is what I'm talking but about. Is
0: our exposure to Ukraine and Russia more than other countries, yes, other neighboring countries? I, I,
1: I think so. Because in what know, sense? In the sense that gas, the uh, Soviet, uh, the, uh, Russia would uh, surprise a substantial amount of gas to the West. Fertilizer and so on. Yara is closing down its factories because they they find the prices totally unprofitable. So fertilizer shortages on the global market leading to huge and and so on. You know, all all these things come together. But I'm saying that if Ghana was 22%, 24% of Ghanaian taxpayers were paying their tax like the average West African
0: we wouldn't be in this situation. So you are blaming the Ghanaian taxpayer uh, for the the economic malaise we are in, including the foreign foreign currency.
1: That's that's one of the problems that we have. So the E-Levy has a lot of significance for us. That psychologically, if we're able to bring E-Levy on, the Ghanaian taxpayer will... But maybe then the
0: government should lead by example, cut down on its size. You had a large number of ministers in the first term. The government yeah. has been asked to account for money spent received during COVID. It hasn't done that. Yeah, the so fact, if the government is talking about not paying taxes, maybe the government should lead by example yeah, by so. being more transparent with its expenditure.
1: And not only that, we are talking about 20% cut in our budget across board. That one you don't talk about. 20% of my ministry's budget has been cut as part of the measures to reduce expenditure. That's very significant.
0: And that affects the end user. We're talking yeah. about the size of government machinery, not the, well, I mean, the programs of the ministry which affects the farmer. Well, so it is comes no, back no, to it's, us. No, We're no. talking about this, the number of ministers, the number of cars, the, the, the upkeep of the, yeah, you, the, the state. No, no,
1: but you have to understand that in the first term, there are, there, are, there are less number of ministers in this government in the second term than in the first government in the first term. You have to admit that. That's a fact. So it's
0: an admission that the first one was too large.
1: Well, whatever it is, you know, you 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 learn on on the on the job. you you start by doing something, and you find that you need to do to make adjustments. You make the adjustments. If you you stick to the same format, then you are saying that you are not a listening government, but. We're bringing all these factors in, including the latest, which is a 20% cut, even in the Ministry of Food and Agriculture. Our budget has been cut. And that shows you the determination of this government to cut expenditure to meet the new situation that we find ourselves in. Will
0: we come out of this? I'm I'm appealing to the economic side. This seems to be unprecedented terrain. Fuel prices, 11. We are told it's going to cross the 10 mark. CD is trading almost 8 to the dollar. These are Uncharted waters.
1: Uncharted waters. But, you know, the first four years of this government, we had one of the lowest rises in the city, Esting Bridge. Do you realize that? It's only the last uh, uh, few months that the city has suddenly taken a a dip. So you have to give, you have to acknowledge where where our contribution has been.
0: Well, I use the trend analysis. When you took over, the city was around three point six. It's now mm-hmm. getting to eight. So, as an prices... so when you look at the, the long term, 8. if you look at the eight years or maybe the past ten years, the trend is in one direction. So, I, I'm, I'm afraid I can't, I can't give you the acknowledgement you're asking for.
1: Yeah, but, uh, I think you have to give it to me because of things. Because of the COVID, you see, a, a lot of what we, is happening. The high expenditure, uh, trying to control the COVID, saving lives, and and all that, obviously had an impact on government finances. Um, and of course, I mean, for instance, cocoa exports were hit. I mean, normally by the end of December you have three quarters of our exp, uh, cocoa sold. Last year you, you had to go to Tamar and Takra depots to see that the... The stocking up of cocoa and that you know all these things have a net impact on the performance of the economy and those things uh, were not the making of this government we, we had to really make sure that we, we minimize the impact on the ordinary citizen so something has to give and unfortunately it happens to be the rapid deterioration of the currency in the last few 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 months
2: honorable ministers and people have also said that beyond the fact that we are not raising enough taxes Mm -hmm. there's a lot of waste also in 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 the system for example we'll we'll zero in on things that have got to do with your ministry Mm -hmm. we said we're doing one village one dam Mm -hmm. Um, there were concerns with the execution of that particular project. Mm-hmm. We said we're building warehouses. Mm-hmm. We started sometime in 2018. We are in 2022. Turnaround time within a year or two, you should be able to have warehouses in place mm-hmm. to ensure storage is done. We are, you are now telling us that you have new warehouses in place. Um, even fertilizer, policing our fertilizer and ensuring that they are not smuggled, we didn't do a good job. So even though we spent 500 million dollars, a lot of them went waste. So true. so.
1: Mm -hmm. when you say a lot of them went okay i would take serious a lot of uh, smuggling you admit that but but you
2: admitted to us that there's been a lot of smuggling as well with people even taking using donkeys no no
1: that doesn't mean that a lot of that money went waste i would totally fair enough but the general point is making you can address uh, this issue about smuggling started 2018 go to a peak in 2019 we take very drastic measures 24 districts along the borders on the western eastern side with togo and the north we excluded them from uh, uh, direct purchasing uh, uh, trading of fertilizer we reduced the size of the subsidized fertilizer from 50 kilogram bags to 25 kilogram bags with a huge print on it planting for food and jobs with a yellow label so that if you find it in the market in Togo, you know that it's a Mm smuggled item. We did all kinds of things based on the advice of the International Fertilizer uh, uh, Authority who came here, advised us, we took all these measures, and the whole thing just went down. Now, what was driving it was the fact that we are the only country in West Africa subsidizing inputs. That you go to Togo, Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, there's no subsidy on fertilizer. And ours has down by 50 percent. So the economic incentive drive, to
0: take it yes, out was there. Was was huge. Fair enough.
1: Now we we are now adjusting because of what has happened. Adjusting the the, 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 the subsidy rates and so on. And with all these measures, fiscal measures we're taking, banning fertilizer along the borders and so on. I, I can tell you that, of course, you cannot uh, completely eliminate. Smuggling. can you address
0: the dam point it raises though because I feel for a big project like PFJ the, the dam project could possibly have been managed by even the ministry it somehow was in a different ministry and there's there's been many questions about where are the dams I don't know if you've satisfied yourself that that project has complemented the planting project that you are in charge of in the right way in retrospect could it have been done differently
1: well, of course, it could have been done differently. But don't forget that it's only one aspect of irrigation, of dam and irrigation that we have. We we're the three major irrigation projects in this country. In Bongo and uh, Pound Left Bank and Right Bank have been rehabilitated at a cost of 105 million U.S. dollars and now has a much bigger acreage acreages for farmers to farm and all that. So those are major Achievement oh, they have, that we have done these small uh, uh, village dams are only a small component of what of that so it,
0: so uh, the large-scale uh, irrigation projects are more impactful to the agri sector than the the smaller dams
1: yeah in, in terms of acreages see the um uh, via the tunnel, <oligo>. no, via is still is yet to be happy. The tunnel the, the went from two thousand hectares to three thousand five hundred hectares. West bank went from thousand uh, nine hundred to another three thousand, and the right bank also the same. Now they are all completed. They're just about to be handed over to us, and even before then, farmers are on it. So it's given a total of something like. Ten thousand hectares. Now, these the small dams that we are talking about—if you put all the acreages that it could service—it's not even—it's not even, even five hundred hectares. See, so so it's probably
0: gotten more attention than it deserves Yes, the, yes. the focus should have been on the larger dams yes, yes. because that's where the and acreage where is. The, the yeah. is Well, it's the, I, I didn't coin the phrase it was phrased <laughs> by your party people they called it one, one village one dam and made a whole fanfare about it which is why probably the expectations are higher than the reality <laughs> suggests
2: so <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the last one. there is a message from cashew farmers in my region cashew farmers be yes, it, and, the and, and, and they are saying that for the first time the price has been fixed by the government, and the government is trying to help them recoup their investment. So what's the price? Um, I five, think that's five, five Ghana cedis per, per kilogram. Kilo. Minimum. Yes, minimum. minimum so because previously was so around, who, will buy, who will buy your cashew from the farm um, um there are different aggregators who buy the cashew so it means that now the farmer is going to make profit because at a point it dropped to two three cities and your production cost per kilogram was two three cities right. and so was that not, you or trade so so now it's been done because yes. because
0: in the previous government it was a trade minister that was trying to ban the export of cashew yes no, but no, now is no,
2: no, this no. government so you've taken cocoa, you've taken cashew i've taken everything, you've taken, you've <laughs> taken everything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: leave it here thank you i notice you, you are not here to talk about other things so we'll probably bring you back to discuss those issues as the time evolves today's for farmers thank you for talking to us dr efrio akuto former mp for Kodosu Kodosu Kodosu. and also the uh, minister for agriculture he passed through the breakfast show we only gave him water he didn't get breakfast but thank you <laughs> <laughs>